Welcome into the Fantasy and Sports Podcast. This is your host, Vivek Iyer. Today, I'm privileged to be joined by Andy Singleton, who's the host of the Andy Singleton Podcast, as well as numerous uh, guest appearances on others, which discusses both fantasy football and fantasy baseball, as well as the NFL Draft. So, Andy, how are you doing? I am doing excellent. I'm getting ready for the calendar to turn to July, where the NFL season will be much more fascinating to me than what June has provided. I mean, when we're talking about Jonah Williams in the news, you know that uh, it isn't very fancy relevant. So definitely waiting on July. So how about we move into some news real fast? Because our main event today is going to be a PPR mock draft using the Fancy Pro software. But first, let's talk about the news. So first, we have Tyreek Hill suspension suspense continues. There's rumors of a four-game suspension now prior. My uh, perspective was it was going to be at least eight, and it's unclear if the case was ever opened. He met with NFL investigators all day a few days ago. Apparently, it went well. So obviously, this has huge impacts for a lot of players in that offense, including Sammy Watkins, Miko Harmon, Mahomes, and Kelsey. So how do you evaluate these players with this news and Tyreek Hill himself? I think Nicole Hardman, his his value is really kind of the one that's in flux more than anybody else's. I think he has supreme upside potential. I think he's somebody a lot of us really were caught by surprise when the Chiefs took him as high as they did. And you look to the track speed and everything like that. I, I, I've talked about how Georgia's offense, especially their receivers, were better than we realized. You, you know, they they kind of killed their own uh i don't want to say their own prospect status but when you look at godwin when you look at riley ridley and then you look at Nicole hardman they all kind of cut into each other's shares similar to how the alabama running back stable was between the three running backs you know kind of eating at each other's uh volume if you will so i think hardman is better than what we kind of realized leading up to the draft but i still think he's a work in progress now, that being said, he's going to have splash plays. If he's on the field, he can get open at any point. And, you know, if you got Mahomes throwing on the ball, he could be scoring touchdowns. I just don't expect it to be in large quantities or in large volume. So you'll see the occasional play where you're like, wow, that's the upside and everybody's going to want him because it's the Chiefs offense and, you, you know, the draft capital and everything like that. But I don't think he can sustain enough consistency to really want him uh, at any point. Now, at least for a redraft league. Now, when it comes to Sammy Watkins, I, I think he's become what he's become. He is what he is. And and it's neither good nor bad. It's just not the elite level wide receiver that we expected. When, so it, he's a nice wide receiver. I would say I'd put him, you know, in that nice, solid wide receiver two range. But anything more, I, I don't. I'm not expecting a huge spike if Watkins fills in as the wide receiver one in that offense early on. It's just, it could happen, but I'm just not anticipating that. I think Travis Kelsey's most likely the biggest beneficiary of everything that's going on. And Damian Williams, who I've really kind of been not drinking the Kool-Aid everybody else is, I think he also stands to benefit the most out of the backfield because we've seen the kind of receiver he can be as a running back. And I, I think Kelsey and Damian Williams stand to benefit the most in any Tyreek Hill absence. 
I get that. I, I think Travis Kelsey is going to be a major beneficiary. I also think that Sammy Watkins would have been another beneficiary. I think that he still has a bit that he hasn't shown just due to injuries, due to the improper system. And the fact that he's been traveling to teams on like first year of his deal for so long now. Uh, but yeah, I see Kelsey and Williams as major beneficiaries as well. I forget when uh, Texas Tech was making its run in the NCAA tournament. Every time the camera panned over to see Mahomes cheering on the Red Raiders on the sideline, Travis Kelsey was with him. No, yeah, I, I, I certainly get that. So I still have Travis Kelsey as um, because of that connection, because of what he did last year as like, a major beneficiary because of this. But I was thinking we just kind of move on pretty fast through the next bits of news, unless uh, you have anything to add to them. Jonah Williams, who is the Bengals offensive tackle from this year's draft, is likely out for the season. Hurts Joe Mixon a bit. Uh, I'm not sure it really knocks him down too far in my rankings. It's kind of like the O-line's important to a running back, but I mean, there's always... It, it isn't major, uh, one offensive lineman to his success. And then there's a story on NFL.com saying that the RBBC in Washington is what is likely going to happen with AP being the laid back, uh, lead back over Darius guys, a 60-40 or 50-50 split of carries with the other two in Thompson and Love also contributing. So I'd already been low on guys, as you all know, so this kind of reinforces that. But how do you value that Washington backfield? don't really want any part of anything in Washington from the offensive side of the ball in 2019. Uh, it just seems to be a mess. There's potential for a nice future in, in another year or two, but I don't think 2019 is going to be uh, a hotbed of any offensive talent. Uh, it's just so murky. Uh, we talk about just that situation alone. I mean, Adrian Peterson doesn't seem to want to go away. Chris Thompson, you know, when he's healthy, we've seen he can be a difference maker. Bryce Love, I think, is really undervalued, uh, you know, in the long, longer term formats, but he's not really going to be ready to contribute in 2019, uh, you know, till late, if at all. Uh, rookie quarterback in Dwayne Haskins, the receiving is a mess. The, you know, Jordan Reed can be one of the best tight ends in the game, but another one, if, and when he's healthy. So, uh, you know, you get the situation with the left tackle in Washington, uh, you know, there's nothing, there's no one player or position that I feel like, okay, regardless of everything else going on, I at least feel confident here. Uh, so, it doesn't matter to me. 60, 40, 50, 50, 70, 30, zero, zero. It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. I, I, I really will be staying away from that backfield. Yeah. And I've, I've been kind of reinforcing that through my podcast as well. I, I just don't like Washington in general. Like I don't like their quarterbacks and Haskins and Keenum, at least for this year on Haskins part, I don't like the running backs and the fact that guys were trained from injury. AP is AP. Like he's old, but he's, been a legendary player in his career and will just take away from carries. Thompson has a role in that offense as we saw last year. So I just don't want any parts of that. And I know we'll probably be going into the 49ers backfield later on, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on that when the time comes. So before we move on to the mock draft, let me just quickly tell you about friend of show, Podcoin. So hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying the Fantasy and Sports podcast. There's a free new app called Podcoin that 
pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you could turn that in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks, get your favorite caramel frappe or a latte or whatever you want, or donate to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. If you're interested, download the app on iPhone or Android and use our code Fantasy Sports, and you'll get 300 PodCoins just for signing up. Listen to your favorite shows, and hopefully this is one of them, and sign up with the code Fantasy Sports. It will change the way you listen to podcasts. So now let's get into the main event, which is our mock draft. It's a PPR format, two running back, two wide receiver, two flex, one QB, one tight end, seven bench, one defense, a 12-teamer. Yeah, let's get started on it. So I randomized my draft position. I got the turn, 12th pick in the draft. How about you? I wound up with the fifth pick uh, in this one, randomizing it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting on the clock at five with McCaffrey, Kamara, Elliott, and Barkley all gone. Those are four. I see a definite tier break after. So who are you considering for this one? Yes, uh, I, I'm. I'm. this is... This is the first time I could say I'm realizing the fifth position is like that cliff, right? Where you feel like, all right, this is my maybe my last opportunity to get, you know, one A kind of running back. When you look at Melvin Gordon and David Johnson still being there, Le'Veon Bell even, maybe even James Conner. Uh, but those top three to five wide receivers have become kind of endangered species uh, you know the volume increasing in the passing attack in the nfl has been so spread out that these true alpha receivers are fewer and far between so uh to have somebody that you feel confident i'm going to get 100 catches you know uh, 1200 yards and double digit touchdowns that's just that's just really become a rarity so uh, i'm looking at Devontae Adams, I'm looking at DeAndre Hopkins, I'm looking at Michael Thomas, I'm looking at Julio Jones, I'm looking at Odell Beckham, who have, I, I have as my wide receiver one this year, and I think I got to go with one. I, I might even have to go Juju here um, just because kind of curve he's been on, and now he gets that role all to himself. You know what? I, I, think, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to pull the plug, and I'm going to reach. It's going to be a reach. Uh, I know it's going to be a reach because I can wait and probably get Juju in the second, but I don't want to risk it. And uh, I'll, I'll plant my flag and I'll say, you know what? I will be the guy that takes Juju fifth overall in this mock right now. Wow. And that's, I've seen it happen, but uh, I personally don't have him as my number one receiver. I have uh, guys like Devonta Adams is my number one, followed by Hopkins, uh, Julio, like, these guys I have uh, all before him. So I'm seeing the clock at 12 and the big four, uh, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, Lev Bell, all of them been taken as well as Mixon, Gurley. And yeah, the, all those guys are off the board. So I'm right now looking at Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Odo Beckham, or Travis Kelsey. And keep in mind, this is a PBR format. So that's my rationale for not going Odo Beckham because they have so many weapons in that offense. Uh, look at Kelsey. I I can like I certainly can get him on the next pick because I am the next pick, and I think I actually will do that. But I'm looking for this pick because I have two in a row at either Julio or Michael Thomas, and 
for me, if it was half PPR or non-PPR, I'm certainly going Julio. But I have few concerns with Calvin Ridley. I still think Julio is going to be definitely the one, but some of his targets may go away. And I know with Michael Thomas, it doesn't seem to be a default number two there. Ted Ginn and Traycon Smith aren't anything special. And Julio has a special talent behind him. So I think I'm going to go against my rankings and take Michael Thomas here and then take Travis Kelsey as my next pick just because I want that elite tight end and I usually don't go this route. So I just want to see what happens. So yeah, Michael Thomas and Travis Kelsey are my next two picks. All right. And now it's back to me on the clock in the second round. And the number one guy on the uh, provided cheat sheet here is George Kittle. Uh, You also got Dalvin Cook, Antonio Brown, Nick Chubb, Mike Evans in this range. And I got to be honest, you know, this could be the pick that backfires, but I think I'm going to have to go with Kittle here uh, just because he's the last of the three tight ends I I would feel most comfortable with. Kelsey and Ertz are already gone, and Ertz I'm not as comfortable with as Kelsey or Kittle. I just think his role is kind of secured regardless of how deep the 49ers receiving core may have become. So I think I'm happy with Kittle in his third year to come close to repeating what he did last year, if not surpassing it, uh, at least from the touchdown point of view and perspective. So I'm going to go Kittle here with my second round pick. And uh, yeah, that's where I'll go. For me personally, I actually don't have Kittle um, not that high. I have him as a third round uh like i i would feel comfortable taking him in the third round but yeah i mean it's certainly something that you can do when the other two are gone uh looking at my board right now the running backs have been flying off the board in fact the past four picks were all running backs and i kind of wanted to see if aaron jones or marlon Mack would fall here didn't really think they would but of course they didn't so i have my choice and this is actually pretty insane aj green right now I really like him. I like Julian Edelman, Robert Woods, but I also have two pass catchers already. But if you consider who the running backs are, I'm looking at Kerryon Johnson, Josh Jacobs. I think I need one running back here, but I also want to get one of those elite wide receivers. I think I'm going to go with Julian Edelman. Again, goes against my rankings, but I'm going to go Julian Edelman because it's PPR. And then I'm going to go Josh Jacobs here. I'm all on board with you for Josh Jacobs. I think I, you know, my hot take so far has been he finishes as a top 10 running back this year. Uh, a lot of people have been criticizing that, saying he hasn't played a single down in the NFL. Uh, you know, I wasn't even on the Jacobs bandwagon doing our draft profiles, you know, leading up to the draft. I thought people were a little bit too high on him considering the track record. But I mean, I do love what the potential offers. The reason I'm so high is now is because volume opportunity, the draft capital speaks, you know, uh, especially to running backs, first round running backs more often than not do well. We've seen a rookie running back be in the top five in each of the last four seasons is Jacobs of the same caliber as Saquon Barkley. I don't know. I, I I don't think he is because I think Barkley is, is a unique talent, but could he be to the same level somebody like Ezekiel Elliott? Possibly. So are 
we comfortable in saying Josh Jacobs could be a top five running back? I think you can certainly make the argument. So I don't think it's too outlandish to say top 10 and to get him further down. I mean, one of the big points I've been making is the last rookie running back John Gruden had was Cadillac Williams. And he gave him the ball 290 times in that season for Tampa Bay. If Josh Jacobs can get 275 carries and average anything over four yards per carry, we're looking at a thousand yard rusher easily. Uh, so I really like the Josh Jacobs pick. I'm behind you with that. And uh, he's somebody I'm looking to add everywhere as my RB2 that I think has real RB1 upside. And I, 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 that's literally why I took him. I just think that Josh Jacobs is going to be that workhorse running back in that offense. I don't see anyone else there to compete. And I see him as also a PPR pass catcher, even though they still have Joe and Richard, because I, I really like this tape. Uh, for pass catching side of things so I think that he definitely fits the bill of PPR so how about your next round pick I think you're in the third yeah I actually was contemplating taking Jacobs here with my third round pick just to kind of you know put my stamp on my upside and of course this being a mock kind of interested <laughs> to see how things play out if you know you, you make these gambles but based on where he was in you know the cheat sheet with the ADP, I'm thinking maybe I can sneak Marlon Mack in here and then come back with Jacobs as my RB2. So I went Mack with the third-round pick, and, of course, Jacobs is gone. So now I'm on the clock for the fourth-round pick, and uh, you know I basically can go anywhere here. Uh, you, you got Luck and Rodgers and Mayfield still sitting there as you know some of the top quarterbacks. The running backs, we get into that Derrick Henry range where do I feel comfortable? I don't know that I feel as comfortable that he can do what he did last year. But there's there's a lot of different routes you can go here with the wide receivers, Chris Godwin, Coop Cup, uh, Sammy Watkins, as we were talking about earlier, Robbie Anderson, who I think is going to be a top 20 wide receiver this year. Uh, it, it's this is, this is that dangerous territory. Do you go RB2 or wide receiver two or be one of the first to take the uh, – the uh, the quarterback here. I think I'm going to opt for Sony Michelle to be my RB two here, and I know there's been a lot of talk about Damian Harris, and you know week to week is Sony Michelle somebody you can rely on and bank on. I don't know that you can, but the weeks that you know he's in line for good work, you saw it down the stretch. You saw what he can be. He can be a difference maker. He can be a hundred yard, one to two touchdown a week kind of guy, and. You know, there's not many guys that you feel that comfortable if this guy's going to get 15 to 20 carries can do that. So uh, I will take Sony Michelle here as my second running back. Yeah, and I, I definitely see that. In fact, I have Michelle, like right now, he's one of the picks I'm considering in uh, the back of the fifth round. So maybe you could have waited, maybe you could have fallen, but I don't know. Uh, the one thing, the one caution I'm saying, the reason why I, I'm not actually going to end up taking him is because it's PPR and he had, he had single digit receptions. I think single digit targets, even I'm not sure of that uh, last season. So I just don't see him with that PPR upside that you're looking for. And uh, in the case of like touchdowns, I still think that some of those touchdowns can go away to Damian Harris. So right now I'm considering, um, so Aaron Rodgers is still on the board. I think I'll take him with one of those two picks. But I'm also seeing Kenyon Drake and Tariq Cohen here, and I kind of want both of them. I think I'm going to go uh, Aaron Rodgers with one of them, and then 
Kenyon Drake was one of them because I see Kenyon Drake as a workhorse contrary to what happened last year. I see him as just all around pass catching and a rushing running back who's going to be heavily utilized in this offense. So I'm going Kenyon Drake and then I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers in the sixth. All right. I'm looking at the wide receivers here and I could use a second one. Uh, you know, you got the flex spots open. There's guys here like DJ Moore that I like. There's guys like uh, Will Fuller, Dante Pettis, Sterling Shepard, who I'm big on. But I feel like these guys will be there. The running backs, a couple that I was thinking about taking before Sony Michelle, like Philip Lindsay and Chris Carson, they're still there. So I could opt to go back for that. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a leap of faith here, uh, and you know normally I don't like to go quarterback this early, but Baker Mayfield is still there, and it's not so much that I'm falling for the hype, but this guy doesn't seem to be affected by anything. Now this could be he could have cursed himself already. We see all the stuff from you know the Kentucky Derby and everything off season and. Maybe he's already cursed himself when you don't know it, but I felt like he walked into his rookie year already with that kind of circus act around him. You know, when you saw hard knocks and then the trailers he was putting out, you know, for the team and everything like that. And he just doesn't seem to be phased by any of this chaos. And then you look at what he did his rookie year with less talent around him from what they've added this year. He's threw 27 touchdowns in, you know, started 13 games. So you give him arguably the best wide receiver in the league now. I, you know, Patrick Mahomes was a difference maker for a lot of teams last year because of what he was able to do and throw so many touchdowns. I think if there's one guy to challenge that and get over 40 that hasn't been there yet, I think it's Baker Mayfield. So to me, that could make a more of a difference than one of these running backs or wide receivers I can grab here. So I'm going to take Mayfield. All right. And wait, so just to be clear, after Mayfield, you're in the seventh round, correct? I am now in the sixth round. That was my – wait, one, two, three, four. That was my fifth round pick. So I am now oh, in the okay. sixth – I am now in the sixth round where Lindsey is still on the board. Carson is still on the board. Um, my wide receiver options, I'm going to go and pluck Sterling Shepard here in the sixth round, who I feel is in line for a lot better of a season uh, based on the consistency I've seen in his three years uh, than people are giving him credit for. Everybody keeps pointing to the quarterback, but the quarterback hasn't changed. So I, I, I don't get that argument. Um, I, I see everybody – attacking the Giants offense. No, do I do I love it? No. Um, but he's been able it's been able to produce some fantasy relevant players uh with the same components of it. So I don't hate it either. And I think Sterling Shepard is in line for a nice season. And especially in a PPR league, I will take him as my wide receiver too. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I like Sterling Shepard as well. Uh so now I'm in the seventh round. I don't really like my wide receiving options a ton. I like Kiki QT here, but I just think that at the running back position, there's just so much talent left. I see Mark Ingram, Chris Carson, Lamar Miller, all those guys there. So I think with my next two picks, I'm going to go with 
two running backs. So I like Mark Ingram as my first. And then I think I'll go Lamar Miller over Chris Carson just because of of those concerns with Rashad Penny and who's going to get that pass catching option. I see Mark Ingram in the Baltimore offense as being an absolute workhorse in an offense that they're so run heavy that there's going to be plenty of opportunity. And there's stories about Lamar Miller, how even though he's at a later portion of his career, he's working on his pass catching and such. So I think I'm going to go Lamar Miller with my second. So I filled up both of my flex spots entering round nine. So you're at round seven right now. I am at round seven and I'm going to go with another receiver here for me. I'm choosing between Chris Carson and Christian Kirk. And I just like the, upside of Christian Kirk, uh, especially with his history with Kyler Murray. Uh, I think he can be a dynamic weapon for Murray, and I feel comfortable with the upside there. So I'm going to take Kirk as my first flex option, my third wide receiver in round seven. All right. Yeah, I, I definitely see that as a very good option with Kirk there. Um, so, yeah, now it's round eight for you, correct? That was round seven. Now I'm up back up to round eight, and uh, I think I'm going to go back with a back up my running backs for my second flex. And I'm not really loving the the role that I see that he'll have, but I do think there is something to Tevin Coleman following Shanahan, and I think that San Francisco offense can be a lot better uh, than what we've seen in the past couple of years. So I don't know that he's going to be, I don't know that he has that RB one upside that people are to say, maybe he does, but I do think that his role as a complimentary piece as a 50, 50 timeshare kind of guy, we've seen what it could be in Atlanta and he still has that kind of home run hitting capability. So I'm going to take Tevin Coleman as my, sec- my second flex, my third running back, my round eight pick ahead of Lamar Miller, ahead of Rashad Penny, uh, guys in, in that range right now. Oh, so I guess we got to a point in draft where the Niners running backs are coming off the board. So I want to talk a bit about uh, the Niners offense. Obviously, you seem to be a believer in Tevin Coleman, but what do you see for the roles of all those backs in the offense? Because it gets kind of convoluted. For me, uh, I'm really only interested in Brita and Devin Coleman of what's back there. And, uh, you know, there's we started this whole thing by saying I'm happy the calendar's turning to July where we can start to, you know, have better news to go off of to this point. I'm not paying – I'm half paying attention to what's being said. Uh, just because it can change so quickly once they put the pads on and we get to August. And I, I, I know there's been rumors, and every day it seems like, you know, there's a new darling favorite to win that backfield, but it's too soon for me. So uh, as of right now, just from what I've seen of the backs in their past, I, I say Breida and Coleman are the only ones I really want anything to do with. Yeah, for me, um, I see Coleman at his price as just being too expensive for me. I, I think Breida is going to uh, get the first shot to be a starter, so I like him in the offense. I like McKinnon for 
PPR. I think they're going to use him as a pass catching option. I personally am staying away from Coleman. Like I don't have any exposure to him and I just don't have a lot of exposure to that Niners backfield in general, just because of all those pieces there. So yeah, I think for me personally, I'm mostly concentrating on Brita and a bit of McKinnon. Uh, that's just my own personal view. So look at the ninth round for me. I see Rashad Penny, Latavius Murray, LaShawn McCoy, and then a bunch of bad receivers. But I do need receiving depth. I think I'm going to go with Penny and Murray and then just punt wide receiver for another round because we have uh, seven bench spots and just see who I could come up with there just because I like those two options. With Penny, his draft capital invested, I think he's going to be utilizing the offense, which is one of the most run-heavy in the NFL. And also with Murray, I think that he has standalone value as a kind of Mark Ingram from last season with even more red zone upside because it's statistically uh, Murray's been one of the best uh, running backs in the red zone. So I think he'll be there on the goal line. And I just like him as um, a type of Mark Ingram with more upside and being a handcuff to Alvin Kamara if he gets injured. How about your two picks? So coming around to these next picks, uh, what am I, around nine here? I think I'm going to go with a pick that might surprise some uh, with this ninth round pick. And I'm going to go back to the running back well. And I'm going to take Jordan Howard, who is now finding himself in Philly. And I think that might surprise people just for the simple fact that they drafted Miles Sanders. Now, I come all over the place with Miles Sanders. I originally was labeling him the Ronald Jones of this class. And then I turned around and said, well, wait, this might be my favorite running back in the class. And he's gotten off to not the best start so far. Now, again, this is, you know, uh, very early in the off season. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but you know, he, he hasn't really wowed to start his career yet. Uh, Jordan Howard, I think is kind of underappreciated for what he's been. I think he might be a better fit for that Philly offense than he was for Nagy in Chicago. This is a guy that's basically been a thousand yard rusher every year. He's been in the league, you know, can flirt with double digit touchdowns. I think he gives Philly more of what they're looking for. He's better than what they've had in that early down role in the past. And I think he's going to get them back to where they want to be running that offense where Miles Sanders can be the, the change of pace complimentary guy. And it's Jordan Howard's, feel to own in those first and second down situations. So I think Jordan Howard could be better and more productive than people want to believe right now or are comfortable with. So I'm going to take him. Uh, He's going to my bench and my 10th round pick. Now uh, I'm going to mix and match with uh, running backs and wide receivers. And we talk about this being a PPR league. One of my favorite receivers, uh, of last year was Deshaun Hamilton and really came on at the end when he finally got an opportunity. Emmanuel Sanders, you know, coming back looks okay running right now, but I still think there's a role for Hamilton with Sutton and Sanders. And I think he can be a high volume receiver. So in a PPR league, that's going to matter. So I'm going to take Deshaun Hamilton. I'm going to take a reach and a gamble on him here. 
I actually really love Dejon Hamilton as well. I actually kind of slipped through my mind during this draft. Uh, yeah, I, I really like Dejon Hamilton as a prospect coming into the league and then where he ended up. I, a lot of people love Cortland Sutton. I don't think he showed enough last year. I think that the one to own in PPR especially is Dejon Hamilton. So I really like that pick. So going into my pick, I had already stated that I like Matt Breida, and although I do need a wide receiver, I think Matt Breida falling to the 11th round, the last pick of the 11th round is pretty good value. And yeah, I'll just take him for the upside because I feel like I have a lot of running backs that, and some of them offer a lot of upside, but I want just a pure upside running back. And worst case, I can cut him because I already have a lot of running back depth. Looking at my next pick, I see John Brown, Robert Froster, Tyrell Williams, and Jameson Crowder on the board. And I personally don't like any of them, to be honest. Uh, with Jameson Crowder, I see him as getting a lot of targets in that offense, which is nice. I don't like any of the Buffalo wide receivers, but I also kind of like Tyrell Williams, in which I don't see anyone else really there outside of Antonio Brown. So... I think I'm going to go with Tyrell Williams. I see a bounce back season for Derek Carr. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. So yeah, I'm going to put the, my money where my mouth is and take Tyrell Williams, although probably lower my draft stock and hope that Jameson Crowder comes to me next round. All right. Well, I uh, think pride can get in the way of things. So I'm not going to let my pride get in the way of my next pick here. And despite what I've teased my co-host the fantasy task jim day about i'm going to buy some of this coaches speak and i'm going to take dante moncrief here with my what is this 11th round pick he would be my fourth wide receiver fourth i think fourth fifth fourth or fifth fourth fourth wide receiver here uh i'm going to take dante moncrief only because when i'm going back and surveying the running backs and the wide receivers um there are a couple running backs i would feel comfortable taking whereas there's in this range, really only Moncrief that I would feel comfortable taking. Uh, so I will go ahead and take the plunge and take Moncrief here as my fourth wide receiver and see if he can be a difference maker as the wide receiver two over James Washington, although I do still like James Washington. And then to come back in the 12th round, you know, he's still on the on the board here. We were just talking about him, Matt Breida. I already have Coleman. You could say what you will about the crowded backfield and everything like that, but this dude was injured seemingly every week, grinded it out, and was averaging 5.3 yards per carry. I think even if he got 150 carries, he could still be somewhat of a difference maker and a week-to-week -week possible starter and, and you know fill-in. So to go on my bench as my fourth running back and – be a handcuff basically to my earlier share of Tevin Coleman. Uh, I'm pretty happy taking Breda here in the 12th round. Yeah, I, I, I see that. I took Breda in the 11th or 12th. So I, I definitely see that. Uh, for me here, it's pretty rough across everything. As it tends to go in the 13th round, I, I, I see Jamison Crowder still here. I think I'm going to go with him for one of my picks. But for the other one of my picks, here's around the point where I start wanting to take uh, rookie wide receivers or rookie, or yeah, rookie wide receivers and just seeing how they'll pan out. So what do you think? How do you value 
uh, rookie wide receivers in these drafts, specifically for PPR. Redraft leagues, I really, I find it very difficult to rely on rookie wide receivers, uh, the especially this year's class. Um, I I've said this in a in a bunch of places, and I'll continue to say this. I think we we're really, really, really spoiled by 2014, where you had multiple ready-made wide receivers that could come in and contribute from day one and not just contribute like in splashes like we saw Calvin Ridley last year, but week to week with consistency. So I I think 2014 really spoiled us to think maybe we would see the changing of the guard. Uh, I think that class was the outlier. And I think it's really tough to depend on rookie wide receivers, especially early on in the season. So I'm hesitant to draft them. Now, don't get me wrong. There will be ones that make splashes and have good years and everything like that. But uh, I don't want to necessarily rely on that because it, it, you're kind of, I don't think you're getting enough value out of, out of it, especially where you have to draft them. Um, so that's my take in dynasty leagues though. I, I definitely think I will go as many wide receivers as I could. Speaking to a dynasty strategy, I definitely agree. I prioritize wide receivers in dynasty because uh, running backs have a shorter shelf life. They get injured a lot more, and you could often find the next one in your rookie drafts pretty easily because those situations are often fairly clear. If we look at like Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, we kind of know what they are. In the case of like wide receivers, sometimes you don't know because there's just so many pieces on that depth chart to know who's like passing who. And just look at Pittsburgh. Dante Moncrief has James Washington. You don't really know. And a lot of people assumed it'd be James Washington initially. Now it's Moncrief. We really don't know is what I'm essentially trying to say. And that makes valuing wide receivers, especially rookies, harder. So I'll definitely like to prioritize established wide receivers in dynasty drafts and try to get running backs out of those rookie dra- subsequent rookie drafts. So looking at my options here, I still need wide receiver depth. I have four wide receivers and I have seven running backs, which is a lot. So I think that my options here realistically are Taylor Gabriel, Mohamed Sanu, David Moore, and Gary Jennings, which I know I just talked about rookie wide receivers, but I think that Gary Jennings legitimately has a chance to start for that team and um, kind of take over a poor man's version of a Doug Baldwin and gets on those targets. So I honestly think it's going to be one of these two guys that gets a lot of these targets. So I'm going to choose both of them here as my last two position picks and see which one sticks and the other one just cut him. No big deal. Right. I think Gary Jennings is a receiver that's not being talked up enough. Uh, I didn't particularly value him highly when we were profiling our rookies, but I think he lands into a very favorable spot and he has a track record and a history with Russell Wilson. So I do think that he can be a sneaky rookie pick as a wide receiver. Maybe not one that's, you know, starts out right away, but at the same time, this could be the guy that is the one catching everybody's attention early on in the season as well. I mean, I definitely think that Gary Jennings has some sneaky value. So I, I like where you're going with that. For me, it's just personally, I want to get all those wide receivers because between David Moore and Gary Jennings, I'm fairly confident that one of them is going to receive a massive target spike. And 
when you're talking about guys like Randall Cobb and Antonio Callaway still left, I, I prefer guys with that upside. And just given my current roster construction, I have two very good uh, starting wide receivers and Michael Thomas and Julian Edelman. And I have some uh, depth there that I know will produce. So I want to take the unknown, get one of those two players as a really good player. I know it's going to push my draft grade way down because Gary Jennings ECR is 413. And it's what pick am I at? 180 for the next one. So I know my uh, grade's going to be pushed probably like a full grade down because of this pick, but I just like Gary Jennings for next year and for, and going forward, especially. All right. Well, I have three bench spots left uh, and a, a defense to take. Uh, I'm going to save that defense from my last possible pick. There are a couple tight ends that I like here that I feel like maybe there's one or two I can choose from. Uh, if I wait on that, same thing with the running backs. There's at least three or four I still like here. Uh, so for the wide receiver position, there's one name that's kind of popping out to me. And I figure with three bench spots left, I'm going to choose a running back, a receiver, and a tight end. Uh, so with the field being limited more for the wide receivers, I'm going to go ahead and take Marquise Goodwin here. He's looked tremendous in you know so far. Uh, he's been a really good receiver for San Francisco when he's been on the field. Of course, we saw some, you know, uh, unfortunate health and things like that. But I, I feel like Marquise Goodwin could be somebody that reminds everybody this year of, oh, why we loved him so much last year. And to be my last wide receiver on my bench, uh, I'm not really investing a ton into him. So as crazy as it sounds, my what is this, my third 49er that I'm taking for this offense. So I'm going to go ahead and take Marquise Goodwin here. And then coming back in the, what is this, 14th round now, um, he seems to have lasted for me. So I'm going to go ahead and take my tight end, and it's my hometown guy, Chris Herndon. Uh, might not play the whole season, might be facing you know some some missed time and suspensions, but the buys in week four, this is, this is a guy having Kittle. I'm not expecting to play for my fantasy team having George Kittle. So I'm happy to take him here. He's got the same bye week as George Kittle, though, I just realized. So I'm going to have to figure something out early or just punt the position in week four. Uh, but Herndon has the most upside at tight end for what's left on the board here. Uh, at least from what I see, I would have went Goddard, but somebody in this mock went ahead and took him ahead of me. So I'll take Chris Herndon here. I personally, I'm very high on Chris Herning compared to consensus, so I I really like that pick. Um, moving on to my last two spots, I'm going to take Gary Jennings, as I said before, and I'm going to take the Houston Texans uh, DST. So of the people who did not like insta-select him, uh, insta-select the defense at first, I'm getting one of the best ones. Like I know the Bears are selected in like the ninth round of my draft, which is insane, but it's just because it's bots or whatever. But yeah, I think that the Texans, it really wanted me to take the Ravens defense. I think after last year, they're pretty decimated. And I just don't really like that defense as much with Lamar Jackson, who I don't really believe in him as well. So I think that the other offense is going to have a lot of time on the field. So I like the Texans with, um, uh, their guys up front and JJ Watt and uh, uh, JJ Clowney. So I, I really like that defense. I'm gonna go there and yeah, let's go to your two picks. 
All right, so I reserved this spot for another running back. As, as I mentioned, you know, last two picks, I felt there were at least four or five that I was still comfortable with, and the one remaining of that list is not somebody I was extremely high on, but based on where he landed and, you know, just hearing other people talk talk him up, I'm warming up to the idea of Justice Hill in Baltimore. So to be the last guy on my bench with upside of maybe being able to unseat uh, aging Mark Ingram, despite you know my affinity for Mark Ingram and thinking he's in a nice situation for himself, I think Justice Hill could carve out a, a, a decent little role uh, as a rookie. And I feel more comfortable with rookie running backs than any other position for rookies. So uh, I will take Justice Hill as my last bench spot here in the 15th round. And that leaves me with just a defense left to take. Um, so you know, he could go a lot of different ways here. I think I'm going to have to be a homer on this, though. Let me see if they're still around. I hope they are. Uh, defense to me is so fickle. It could – it really – there's so much involved, which is why I like playing IDP over a defensive unit at this point. Um, but I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to take my Jets. They've completely – added and revamped to that defense they have some playmakers in it so i think you could see uh some scores from the defense and i, I you know they could be in position to make a lot of plays depending on what the offense does so i, I will take the jets here as my defense yeah now i personally really like that pick in fact i wrote down the best defenses uh in week one i had the cowboys uh the jets dolphins and lions so I personally love streaming defenses as compared to uh, spending up on the Bears and such. So I really like that Jets pick. I really wish I'd considered Justice Hill. I was so enamored with, oh, I'm going to get the one starting wide receiver in Seattle. I should have gone for Justice Hill there. Uh, what grade did you get on your draft? I got a C. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I got a B- minus on my draft, which I'm actually very nice. surprised. I thought that... Uh, my draft would have been like a D because I drafted Gary Jennings and like fantasy pro software doesn't really like that, but yeah, so I'll just read out my team. Um, I have Aaron Rodgers, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Michael Thomas, Julian Edelman, Travis Kelsey, Mark Ingram, Lamar Miller, and the Houston Texans DST. And on my bench, I have Rashad Penny, Latavius Murray, Matt Breida, Tyrell Williams, Jameson Crowder, David Moore, and Gary Jennings. So I'm honestly fairly happy with my team. I think that my pass catching situation starting wise is elite and my running back depth is also there. So what about you? Yeah, so my team wound up being Baker Mayfield, Marlon Mack, Sony Michelle, Juju Smith-Schuster, Sterling Shepard, George Kittle, Christian Kirk, Tevin Coleman, the New York Jets in my starting lineup, and then my bench was Jordan Howard, Deshaun Hamilton, Dante Moncrief, Matt Breida, Marquise Goodwin, Chris Herndon, and Justice Hill. Uh, do you like your team or anything you feel I, like you could have improved on? Uh, no, I, I actually like my team. I mean, you know, for me, the draft is only one aspect of the season. Uh, we have the most time to prepare for it. We have the most time to gear up for it. We probably have the most fun with it uh, because of the excitement and you know anxiety that comes with it. Uh, but after the draft, it's you, you, you get your work is not done. So it's trades, it's waiver wires, it's all the roster manipulation you could do throughout the season. So somebody, 
you know, like Sony Michelle looks great to me right now. But if he has any injury or anything like that, you know, Damian Harris could be the pick and could be the guy. Um, you know, you still have Rex Burkhead there as an example. James White, we saw what he did uh, last year. So uh, there's a lot of options. So what, how it looks today can be entirely different than how I feel about this roster a week from now or a month from now or once the season starts. But for right now, yeah, I, I like it and I like it a lot. Uh, yeah, I think both of us drafted really well. And just a bonus for uh, the listeners there, uh, you guys can uh, send an email to uh, at fancy and sport, or sorry, fancy and sports at gmail.com or at fancy and sport on Twitter. Let me know about this uh, Scott Fishbowl uh, mock draft I did. I ended up 12 team with Andrew Luck, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, Robert Woods, Chris Godwin, Alan Robinson, Doyle Walker. Uh, David Montgomery, Latavius Murray, Golden Tate, and James Winston as my starters. So, yeah, let me know how you guys think I did. Uh, send me an email or at me on Twitter. So, yeah, um, Andy, what are some projects you're looking on that you're working on right now? Yeah, so I do fantasy baseball. I do fantasy football. I cover the NFL draft. I've launched uh, a website, expandtheboxscore.com, that offers advanced college football statistics. So you can go and see every touch for every player. That includes targets, red zone data, uh, anything you can think of that we can use from the uh, from the raw data of every touch we've incorporated. Uh, we're also working on a fantasy baseball trade evaluator. Uh, for expand the box score it's only ten dollars for a full year subscription so you can go check out expandtheboxscore.com i do a bunch of guest spots i have my own scott fishbowl like tournament called draft with giants we're entering our fifth year this year it's up to 240 teams so if you'd like to get into that you can send an email to draftwithgiants at gmail.com and just put dwg5 pre-reg as the uh, title uh best way to find me or anything I'm doing is to just follow me on Twitter at people's pen. You can just search my name, Andy Singleton. I have links to everything I do in there. I do a weekly uh, fantasy football podcast on Friday nights with Jim day, the fantasy Taz and Frank Scandoro, DHH underscore Frank. Uh, we do that live on Friday nights. Um, I do uh, weekly posts on my Patreon page and podcasts here and there uh, on my own channel i do the nfl draft profile series as we've mentioned a few times here so really there's so much going on the simplest way to find it all is just by following me on twitter so once again at people's people's with the z at people's pen yeah be sure to follow him uh at people's pen follow me at fancy and sport and yeah that's it for this podcast guys thank you so much for listening be sure to go and uh, rate, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps us uh, get more quality content out to you guys and just gain more members of the fantasy and sports community. So be sure to do that. Be sure to check out all of uh, Andy's projects. Yeah, that's it for this podcast, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.